Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Sue Mocker. And Sue is an author, professional speaker, and a hope consultant. She is intimately engaged with the spheres of healthcare, ministry, leadership, education, and business that involve matters of the heart. Her humorous and touching stories are as satisfying as homemade apple pie <laughs> because they help people peel away the crusts in their lives to reveal the fruits that lie within. Her vulnerability and authenticity help convey her message of hope and inspire people to make transformational changes. Sue is the founder of Hope Aloud, a nonprofit nurturing and inspiring hope and healing. So you may have heard the saying, hurt people hurt people. Well, my next guest, Sue Mocker, is going to show you how healed people heal people. She has so many helpful nuggets to share. You're just going to love her. Here's Sue. Okay, everybody. So we have Sue Mocker with us and she's going to be talking, of course, about betrayal because that's what we're here for. But more importantly, how to heal, what she's done to heal, hope after healing, all kinds of wonderful things. So welcome, Sue. Thank you. Welcome uh, to you too. We love, I love sharing uh, my story and I'm happy to share it with you and, and your listeners. Okay. So let's just dive in. Can you share your story? Sure. Uh, my story of betrayal uh, started when I was 17. When I was 17, I was dating my boyfriend at the time for two years, and I had learned that he had cheated on me. And it it totally broke my heart. We were still in high school. It was awful. And he helped me understand why he did it and why I should still love him. So I continued to date him all the way up until marriage. We got married at age 22. At age 29, I found out that he had betrayed me again, only during marriage. Um, he was having an affair. And then at age 45, after being married 25 years, almost 25 years, I realized he had betrayed me again. And I just, I, I couldn't understand how I would ever continue in marriage. And then um, I also have been betrayed as I look back uh, by my brother as well. I'm a, ch a, a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. So I didn't remember that till in the middle of my marriage. And so I've had all kinds of ups and downs and betrayal around how men love me and how I deserve not to be loved well. So, okay. So, because I know I'm, I'm in my, I'm trying to get to my listeners' minds now and they're saying, okay, one betrayal, if someone is committed to rebuilding and healing, I, I get it. What motivated you to keep trying and what was, you know, what was this, uh, uh, I guess, you know, of course it needs to be a team effort, but was, what was the, uh, what was it like? What were the steps you took to rebuild and, and why, you know, for, especially well, when it happened multiple yes. times? Yeah. That's always a really good question. When I was 17, I just was 17. I, you know, just continued dating him. He created an opportunity for me to believe what he said. So at 17, I was young and really didn't know. When I was married with two young children um, I had found that he had betrayed me at the same time 
I was healing from my childhood sexual abuse, which I had uh, post-traumatic stress. I had to quit my job. And he gave me uh, one of those excuses that when we went to counseling, that the counselor pulled him aside and said, your wife will never be able to have sex again with you. You're, you're done having sex. And my husband, uh, when he found out uh, that information, according to the story, when I found out he had the affair at age 29, I believed him. I thought, yep, that was my fault. Yep, I wasn't providing. Yep, uh, messages from the church, messages from my family, messages from books. If you don't give what your husband needs, he is going to find it elsewhere. So it was my fault. So I figured I needed to change. I needed to heal. I needed to figure this out. And at that time, we Well, both- and I'm going to just stop you here because it doesn't sound so, so you, you took the betrayals as being your fault. Yes. Yes. The, at that time. Uh-huh. And that's why I kept going. Okay. So the question is, why would you keep going? Because they were my fault. Um, I didn't provide what he needed. That was the lie, right? That I was believing. So, but at that time we did start to get help. We did start to go to counseling. We did start to try to mend things, um, forgive, move on, um, heal. Because I thought it was just this one-time thing. And we did start healing. Our marriage started getting better. We started sharing our story. We started um, really thriving. Then we uh, moved to a different city. And again, I learned many years later that he had had another affair. And I just thought, oh my goodness, this, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. This, I can't, I can't do this anymore. At that time, I did not think it was my fault. At that time, I knew something had to give, but because of my faith, I didn't understand how I was going to leave, how I was going to change. He did not want to change. He did not want to uh, admit that it was his doing. He didn't want to take responsibility. So at that time, um, we uh, separated and eventually got a divorce. Mm -hmm. And what now looking back on that, what did you what did you learn? Well, throughout my time with this man for I was with this man 30 years. I learned that there were a lot of things going on inside of me that created a false truth about who I was, how, how my value, how I should be treated, respected, cared for, loved. And I accepted poor treatment. I accepted things that uh, people should never be accepting for treatment for their body. But what I do know and what I've learned is childhood trauma, childhood sexual abuse uh, totally distorts the brain, totally changes what you think about yourself, totally um, reorganizes things in a way that creates a belief system about love Mm -hmm. and it distorts it all. And so when somebody loves you the way you were loved as a child in an abusive way, that's normal. That's, that's what I know. That's what I'm attracted to. And so what I've learned over these last, especially 12 years is 
there's a different way. There's a different way to think. There's a different way to be loved. There's ways to heal. There's ways to grow. And there's boundaries that I never knew. I I didn't know I didn't have boundaries. Mm. So you think you understand boundaries, but really you don't. Really, it's about awareness. I became aware of so many things that I just didn't understand and wasn't aware of. Right. And I'm a big believer in you can't change what you're not aware of. So first there's that awareness. And and what was what were some of the things you became aware of? Like, what were some of those big shockers when you realized, oh, my gosh, this is what I thought, but this is what really is true? Well, you know, people cognitively, I can understand that I have value. When someone says, well, you have value, you're loved. Cognitively, I can go, yeah, you're right. But behaviorally, my body, my soul, my spirit, my emotions, my behaviors, it it didn't match up. So that's how I started to learn. So you don't believe what you think you believe because it's not lining up. So what I was, uh, what happened was I started learning more about the brain and I started learning more about the lies that I was believing. And I started learning more about the reality that I was in so much denial that getting out of the denial of, you know, what love is and, you know, well, I'm sure he, I'm sure he really did love me. I'm sure it was, you know, not really, he wasn't really doing that to hurt me. I had made so many excuses for the other person that I wasn't, able to figure it out. And then one day I got invited to a, um, a retreat and I I started learning different ways to think at this retreat. It was called the unique foundation and they provided a free retreat for women who've been abused as children. And I started believing and understanding that my childhood trauma actually is connected to healing from this betrayal. Mm -hmm. There, there was something that I needed to figure out in that connection. And it sounds like a big part of it is a worthiness issue yes. that needed to be built. So what were some of the things you did to, to rewire your, rewire your brain, rewire your thinking? Well, initially I had to, again, become aware that I believed I was unworthy. Mm-hmm. I thought on my worthy scale, I was pretty high up there in my thinking until I went to this retreat and he actually brought up the word worthy. A lot of women don't believe they're worthy. And I, I just started crying thinking, oh my goodness, this, I, I thought I was over this. I thought I did really well. Mm-hmm. It's becoming apparent to me. And one of the things that I learned other than grounding techniques, some meditation, um, I entered into some EMDR, eye movement and desensitization and reprocessing, did a lot of different things. But one of the things that I did not do, had not done, that I don't think our culture does well is grieve. Mm-hmm. And at that retreat, I had the space and the time to let down my guard and just grieve, cry my eyes out. Uh, not on purpose. I didn't plan it. It wasn't something I said, you know, I'm going to set some time aside to grieve. But what happened was it just leaked out of my body. I couldn't, I couldn't hold it in anymore. And it really showed me that I had, kept in so much emotion inside my body. One, by making me sick, right? But two, I didn't think it was okay to cry. I didn't think it was okay because going way back, 
if I was crying, what if somebody asked me why? Then I'd have to tell. And, and Yeah. And I love that you're bringing up the, the grieving process because we think it's reserved for when someone passes and that's not true Mm -hmm. it's we're grieving the we're grieving a loss whether it's a loss of a relationship a loss of our expectations a loss of Mm -hmm. you know what we signed up for a loss of what we wanted and didn't get whatever there are so many losses and that needs to be properly grieved and when we do it sort of sets the stage for just the next best step so what did it lead to for you well grieving led to more grieving it led to really becoming aware of not all at once, but so many of the losses like you just mentioned. And not just the loss of what I thought I had in a marriage, but also the loss of what I, what I thought my children received in a family situation. And the loss that they, that, my girls had lost my daughters and it's kind of a, this been this ripple effect for, you know, at least five years. And in the last two years, I've also lost my parents. So both my fam, both my parents in the last three years. And so this grieving thing has become a really big thing for me. And I've decided to enter into it intentionally and on purpose and not feel ashamed of my tears, not, feel that there has to be an end point to Mm -hmm. my grief because I did get remarried. I found true love and it's really in my second marriage where I am continually reminded of a, or something is brought to my attention of a way that I was not loved well or a denial that I still held on to or a distorted view of love because until you really see the model of how, how it really looks and feels, it may not have been brought to our attention. And things have been brought to my attention over the last 10 years of being married that have really helped me grieve and learn and grow and make these purposeful decisions. I am not going to be a victim. I am not going to let this thinking hold me back. I am not going to stay, um, in a, in a place of uh, shame, I, I've just talked to myself, I'm not going to do it. And then I started seeking, what is it that I need to do next? Because there's, there's these steps that we take and everyone's journey is a little bit different. And people and information came into my life. And I took those things in and decided, hmm, is that for me? Hmm, is that something I need to try? I've heard that helps with PTSD. I've heard that helps with healing a trauma. I've heard that support group helps bring you through XYZ steps. I've heard, and and then I try it and I seek it out and I um, have found so many things that have come into my life that have brought a piece of my healing. And and I'd love to break some of them down because there are so many listeners who are saying, well, you know what? I would love to know what to do. I'm not sure what to try. I'm open. And of course, there are certain things that resonate a little bit more with some, a little bit more with others. What were some of the, the, the biggest needle movers for you? Like the things that you tried where you're like, wow, I actually really felt a difference by doing that. EMDR was a really big mover for me. Mm-hmm. It really brought some attention to some specific body uh, things held in my body that were able to be released. And explain to us what 
what's the difference between walking into the session for EMDR and walking out of it? How did you walk in? How did you walk out? I walked in a little bit skeptical and thinking, I don't know what this is. There's always an acronym of letters that we're supposed to like understand and can't even pronounce, right? So I'm not sure what this is, but I was confident of the professional person that I was meeting with. Mm -hmm. And I was um, also open and I was also ready. Mm -hmm. I was ready to address something that my brain wouldn't allow coming to my consciousness without this help. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that readiness is really important. And I left with so many ahas like, oh, what, wait a minute, what is that thing? And what just came out of my mouth? And why did I just answer that way? And how come I'm, you know, feeling like, how come my shoulder released? Or how come, you know, my uh, jaw isn't as tight? So I had a lot of body shifts, mm-hmm. inside my body, but also, you know, mind shifts. So walking out of that, those sessions were significant for me to find relief. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I feel I'm called to try lots of different things Mm -hmm. because I feel I'm also called to talk with women about options. And if I haven't tried them, it's really hard to talk about options. Sure. Done some hypnotherapy, which has been helpful and very similar in, in, um, the way I responded, I have tried. Well, and let's, and let's just up there. So with hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. what, what did you feel changed with hypnotherapy? In hypnotherapy, in this particular uh, case, things brought, and I've done like three different sessions with two different people. Mm-hmm. And so different people can help you bring up different things. And uh, they, it, it helped me resolve some of the deeper thinking that I had about my work, my self-worth. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, what am I, why am I thinking that I'm, you know, not worthy? And that's a general statement, but there's some specifics around relationship with my mother or relationship with my ex or relationship with my family members, mm-hmm. um, relationship with myself, relationship with my sisters, relationship with my brothers. There's all, you know, with my daughters, there's all different kinds of reasons why we feel inadequate, insecure, unworthy in different relationships. Mm-hmm. And um, it's always helped me in my next step, whatever I was ready for. Mm. Not, you know, so huge that I feel, wow, all my problems are solved. When I go to these different healing modalities, I'm, I understand in my mind, what is the next thing that I'm supposed to be working on. I don't always know what that is. Right. So EMDR hypnotherapy, was there anything else you tried? Uh, There's another therapy that I recently tried called Bowen therapy. Bowen? Bowen, B-O-W-E-N therapy. And it is a therapy, a little bit like massage, but with gentle touch on different parts of the body, skin to skin. Mm -hmm. And it is a release of body tension and body energy that uh, will release to help your body relax. Not so much of the thinking in your mind about certain stuff is a quiet 
um, non-talking therapy, mm-hmm. but really helping stuck um, tension and energy in your body release. And I've gotten a lot of my energy and body issues are in my neck and shoulder and jaw. Mm-hmm. So where I feel a lot of the release in those areas. And um, I've also done um, journaling is a, and having somebody lead me through journaling has been a really big help. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, can't believe some of the things that come out of my pen that I didn't anticipate would come out of my pen onto paper. So is there a specific way that you journal? Is it, are you asking questions? Is it format? Yeah. Asking a question of myself, or if it's guided journaling, someone is asking a question of me Mm -hmm. and then I time it. So let's say I'm, I've got a question. Sue, uh, name all the reasons why you know you have worth. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then set the timer for 10 minutes and start writing. No, uh, you know, no censoring, no changing anything, you know, just writing, scribbling. If you have to draw a picture, if you have to doodle, whatever for 10 minutes and then go back. Uh, the other thing that I have found helpful is when I journal in a group of two or three women with Mm -hmm. this question and we get to share, that's always been really helpful for people to to know that someone is hearing your story and you're able to process it. I'm an out loud processor. So that's been helpful. And is everyone asking themselves the same question? Yes. Okay. So so that way, when we discuss it, we're all uh, kind of on the same page with it. And what would be another question or two? Because I'd love to give the listeners just a few prompts that this way they can. What would you say to your betrayer? If you could be uncensored. Okay. That was a, (laughs) that was an interesting one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those of us uh, who have very, um, hmm, what do I want to say? Conservative language. Mm -hmm. uh, That's where some of our anger can come out in language that we may not feel comfortable saying out loud. Mm -hmm. And I have found that to be quite healing for myself and the other women as well, that we, we give ourselves permission to say things that we don't think are appropriate to say. And yeah. just being with those other women, that, that's just an amazing, um, you, you get that amazing sense of support, which is so crucial when you're moving Absolutely. through something like that. So you mentioned EMDR, uh, hypnotherapy, Bowen therapy, which is more body-based, uh, mm-hmm. the journaling, the guided journaling. Was there anything else or was there one of those that tapping. really helped? Tapping. Tapping. Okay. So tapping. And tell uh, everybody what tapping is for those who uh, don't know. Tapping is a, a basically literally tapping with your fingers on certain acupressure points on your body in a certain uh, in a certain way along with things that you say out loud. So for example, a friend of mine who does uh, professional counseling and, and tapping noticed that I had some, uh, when I was telling her a story about something, she noticed I was really traumatized by this story. And she said, do you think you'd like to do a tapping session? I go, sure. Why not? I'd never done a tapping session. Didn't really. It's another one of those things where you're like, what is that? And how is that even going to help me? Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, she brought me through. And what I learned was that my 
my trauma around this uh, separate thing that had nothing to do with anything was something to do with something, right? It actually related to something that happened to me from my ex. And it was a physical abusive situation that I, again, was really good at denying. Nope, that never happened. Nope. You know, this is not something that he would ever have done for me, to me. Um, So that couldn't have happened. But it still was in my body. It still was the truth was in my body. And this tapping brought that out of my body. It literally brought it from my stomach because they ask you, where does he, where do you feel this in your body? And again, you're thinking, this is weird. And I was feeling it in my stomach. And then we do some tapping. And then I was feeling it in my, my gut. I mean, up above my stomach. Then I was feeling it in my lungs, kind of in my chest. Then I was feeling it in my throat, almost like I was choking. Mm-hmm. It was like this, uh, this um, trauma, I'm going to call it a trauma, in my body was literally flowing out of my body mm-hmm. through the tapping, through this guided session. And you can do tapping on your own too. You don't have to see somebody. And this literally came literally out of my body. I felt completely different after that tapping session. And, and I, and really it's so interesting because don't be fooled by the simplicity of tapping Ooh. everyone. It's you're here. You are just tapping on these acupressure points, but you're opening up this, the, these blocked uh, energy centers. Mm-hmm. And as you're repeating, uh, you're doing a round or two or three of tapping, these traumas actually do get released. And I know so many people who use tapping for so many different reasons, for sleep, for anxiety, for weight mm-hmm. loss, for trauma, for anything. So, mm-hmm. so many amazing resources with tapping. And I encourage everybody to uh, to take a look because it is something that you can do yourself. And what I love about it too is it only takes a few minutes. I mean, you could just yes. do a, right? You do a few rounds of tapping in less than five minutes, I think. And if yeah. it could, if it could bring up something like that and bring up and out a trauma so quickly, it's powerful. So uh, I just want everybody to have all these resources. So Sue, what do you want to make sure everyone knows before we wrap up? Well, I want to make sure everybody knows that you do have value, that there is hope and there are modalities of healing out there that you may or may not connect to that you may or may not have heard of, know about, and just find an opportunity to be open for something to be shown to you that is your next step. Nobody knows what your next step is except you, but we don't always, you know, we're not always familiar. And to become familiar with some of these things after you hear them a while, it's it's really important. And and hope is so important because hope brings light and light is what shines on these depths of our pain. And when the light is there, we become aware. And when we become aware, that is when we can heal. And when you decide to make this giant brave leap to be healed in another deeper way, you are not only healing yourself, but you're healing all those people around you because healed people heal people. Healing people heal people. You don't have to be completely there. You don't have to be completely arrived, but you're worth it. I'm worth it. We're, we're worth taking the time for ourselves to seek out help. And asking for help is brave and it's 
a, a show of strength. And I love that you said healing people heal people. And it's so true because anybody who has gone through something so traumatic and so painful and they've healed from it, they want to teach you how to do the same. I mean, that's why I'm here. I am at the PBT post betrayal transformation Institute, a real live physical place. And it's because when you heal from something so huge, it's, it's too good. It's not to share. And it's almost an obligation to share it. And if we can yes. shorten anyone's learning curve, it's, it's beautiful. And I, and I really feel like you shortened a lot of people's learning curve by giving us so many amazing resources, but everybody's going to be finding their own and finding what works yes. for them. And I think the most important thing here is be open and willing to just try new things. And you may do something like someone listening may try tapping and say, well, it's not for them. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm also a believer in don't criticize it or critique it until you've given it a fair shot. Right. Because you may not be getting the benefits right away because you, you didn't dive in fully. So maybe it takes a few times with tapping. Right. Once you've given and, it a fair shot, then you can judge. Yeah. And also sometimes we can do things on our own, but sometimes we do need a guide. So I know I can do tapping on my own, but I have found that in a really deep uh, situation, having someone help me and guide me through that just so I can keep, stay on track and keep going. Cause it can get, if you're really digging something deep, it, it can get um, overwhelming. And sometimes having someone there uh, kind of holding your hand. And this is one, one of the things you said too, which is I think so important. And it's, it's shown um, uh, by research to be one of the things that gives resilience to women is women being around other women who've been betrayed. Mm-hmm. gone through the same thing. And, and I started a nonprofit because I felt so called to bring these kinds of modalities to people. So I provide a, a, a four day, three night retreat for women, two women at a time for free. And what happens in that retreat is we basically give that downtime for people to say, I'm ready to designate this time for myself. And then we introduce many of these modalities so people can try them in a safe place with other women, with professionals that are coming in and introducing it, educating us and, and take it or leave it, you know, but you can experience not only how it feels for you, but we also experience how it felt for someone else. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that just being a witness to someone else's healing can be so powerful for ourselves and for the other women, it can bring a healing, it just being a witness. Absolutely. That's so wonderful that you're doing that, those retreats. How do we learn more about you? Where do we go? So my uh, nonprofit is called Hope Allowed, and that's A-L-L-O-W-E-D. I do have a website, hopealloud.org, and you can find out information about these retreats. You can find out information about workshops we do, which is also educational around these topics. We, you can find out how to volunteer and how to donate because we, we need help with volunteers and we need help uh, through donations. And also, if you are a Microsoft person, we actually have um, have had Microsoft um, accept us as a charity um, into their monetary donation and volunteer time matching program known as Give. So if anybody out there is a Microsoft employee and wants to consider donating time or whatever you like and have your company match at hour for hour or dollar for dollar, that's another way 
that you can help us. Oh, so wonderful. Well, Sue, you gave us so many wonderful ways to to heal. Everyone will find their own recipe uh, Mm -hmm. that works perfectly for them. But I I love that you're just sharing so many different types because healing from betrayal, uh, it's not easy. But when we do, we just become the strongest, wisest versions of of ourselves we never thought possible. So thank you for sharing. And uh, I know you you helped so many people with what you shared today. Oh, thank you so much, Debbie, for having me on, on today. Sue mentioned some powerful healing techniques, and I hope you give some of them a try. If you're looking for the type of support Sue mentioned, stay in touch with her by going to hopealloud.org, and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Sue mentioned these modalities, EMDR, hypnotherapy, Bowen therapy, journaling, and tapping. Once we finished, she also remembered that she used yoga and meditation too. The most important thing to see about all of this is that your healing may involve one modality or many, and it doesn't matter. With a willingness to try, you'll find what works and what will help you heal your body, mind, and spirit. And As you know, betrayal leaves lots of cleanup in its wake and there may be lots of lingering symptoms you're trying to manage. Find out what symptoms may be lingering for you by taking the post-betrayal syndrome quiz at pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.